This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikato, a radio show and podcast which takes a look at the quirkier people, groups and interests in the region. I'm producer Gary Farrow. The Dutch Market is held in Cambridge on the last Saturday of every month. You can find a selection of Dutch goods to buy. The kitchen is open to serve coffee as well as traditional Dutch dishes, olibollen, croquetten and bitterballen too. Poffertures are also a key attraction to the Dutch market every month, with children of Dutch families especially looking forward to them. There is a kids' corner full of Dutch games to keep the young ones occupied as well. I went along to hear why the Dutch market exists and the story of the immigrants from the Netherlands who are in the Waikato. Now, my name is Huub Verstegen. Uh, we organized, I start organizing the Dutch market because uh, we are actually coming from Auckland and we for years helped out in the kitchen with the Dutch market in Auckland. And then we arrived in Cambridge uh, six years ago, nearly seven years ago now. Uh, I thought that must be possible in Cambridge as well or at least in, in the neighborhood. And so I started searching and looking around for a place to start off with and find some people to help me with that, because on my own I can't do anything, of course. And by the looks of it, uh, like today, uh, we do a lot of... Uh, that is an, uh, a big pleasure with uh, organizing that once, once a month. And uh, they are happy faces, and, and as long as they are happy, we are happy. And... That's how it actually started. Would you like to describe to us what there is to the Dutch market? What sort of things happen here? No, what we do is, is it, it, it first uh, have a, in the kitchen we do some Dutch food, like croquette, bitterballe, uh, olieballe is, is, is a sort of an, an, a donut type. Uh, the herring is very popular for a lot of Dutchies because that's hard to get here because that's that's a product from the North Sea and uh, then we got a few shops uh, in the way of the Dutch shop that has a lot of uh, Dutch uh, food as well and we got somebody who does the flowering plants uh, we got somebody who does the poffertjes what's a real Dutch street as well and what we like and what I like to do is and to ask for people who want to have a stall in the market that they have a bit of a, a, a Dutch uh, heritage on it that, that they know a bit of the, the Dutch side of it and uh, just to keep people together get people together and have a good time uh, with, 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 that, with a cup of coffee and then a, a really Dutch 
a biscuit with it, a speculaas, and and that's what we actually do. And they come, keep coming back, and that's the good thing on it. Now there was a large immigration of Dutch to New Zealand in the 60s and 70s and 80s, wasn't there? And quite a few of them came to the Waikato. Yeah, a lot of them came to the Waikato and, and those ones, they started already in the early 50s as well. And uh, the, the nice thing of it was that in the beginning they called Cambridge the little... Uh, Little little village in 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 the name of a little village in 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 the Netherlands as well, and uh, that's because so many of that village came uh, came here and uh, and started mainly farming. But over the years, that has spread out quite a bit. And what I understand is that we got a, a sort of about forty thousand Dutch descent in in the Waikato. And I was reading the other day that over whole New Zealand there's about 120,000 that's descent. So there is quite a bit for those people to have and uh, get together uh, once in a while. And we do that uh, once a month and that's, uh, that's good. Yeah, and you get a good turnout every month at this, don't you, at the Dutch market? We're getting a good turnout uh, and it's getting busier and busier. Uh, and we, we got a uh, website as well. At the Cambridge Dutch Market, and uh, at the looks of that is that we mo- have more as, as 300, nearly 350 likes on that. So uh, we always say, I hope that they don't don't come all at once, but <laughs> then we can't handle it. A lot of the people involved in this are from those earlier Dutch immigrations, but also there are a lot of children that are brought along here, aren't there, of Dutch descent. Um, it's an this is an important way of sort of continuing Dutch culture in people's families, isn't it? I think that's very important to keep keep the Dutch heritage going. And uh, the problem is with with the the young families who are coming here or uh, the the siblings from the early emigrants. They uh, they're not not really keen on getting in, in involved in a club. But with the Dutch market, they can come in, uh, have a bit of a taste of the Dutch, and 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 the kids uh, let them see what what what's going on in 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 the Dutch community, and uh, especially the Dutch food to to keep that going. And and they like that, and they come in and they go, and uh, for the next month is, and they are not involved in 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 a club like that, or or have to be there because of. And, and now they are free to come in and, and go home when they want to. Mm, it's a nice thing to pop out and do on the weekend, isn't it? It's a very nice thing, and as the weather is good, and uh, they like to come out and uh, have a good time. And and it, it, most of them have a good time, because they sometimes we close at one o'clock, but that we have to ask people to get, to go home and that we can clean up. So that's the, that's the main thing. Now, I hear a lot of people speaking Dutch here, but are there people who come to the Dutch market who are sort of unfamiliar with Dutch culture and is there a way to sort of discover it? Now, we, we're getting quite a, quite a few uh, New Zealanders here as well, and as well uh, we got quite a few South Africans, but that's a little bit in their uh, heritage as well, the Dutch. 
so they uh, yeah we're getting we're getting more and more uh, people from from Cambridge and and, and not Dutchies who uh, who come in and and enjoy the the Dutch food as well. I guess people would be coming from all over the Waikato to the Dutch market in Cambridge. Not not only from the Waikato, but there sometimes come people as even from Auckland. Uh, and and uh, uh, just a few minutes ago, a couple uh, walked in uh, from the Bombay Hills. So it's uh, yeah, it, it it it's getting getting around, and and people like like being under. With, with mind-like people and, and, and talk Dutch, of course, but that's still our, our language. I'm actually quite happy with the way it goes now. Uh, what, what we can do and what I like to do is that if somebody uh, in the Waikato or close to Cambridge uh, and is from Dutch descent or maybe a bit further away as Dutch descent, uh, have something to sell, and, and like to have a stall uh, with the whole market as well, then uh, they can always uh, give me a call and uh, discuss what, what they want to sell and, uh, and, and add that on to the market. My name is Louise Vandenberg, or for Dutch-speaking people, it's Wies van der Berg. And I've been involved with the Dutch market right from the beginning, when uh, Hoop Versteger, who had been uh, working with the Dutch market in Auckland, moved to Cambridge and felt that it was time that we got something similar in Cambridge. So he started with the Dutch market probably about five or so years ago. Uh, I remember making poffages on the very, very first time and there were so many people we ran out of uh, poffages mix in about half an hour and uh, we had to send someone home to make some more. Uh, we grew out of that facility very quickly and have moved a couple of times and we're now back here at the Bridges Church Cafe uh, which was our second uh, place where we went to and we're very happy here. Poffertjes is a, a very typical Dutch dish, especially on uh, kids' birthday parties. And then you go to a market in the Netherlands or anywhere where there's lots of people, you see a poffertjes kram where they make poffertjes by the hundreds. And uh, it's a very fast work. If you ever have a look on YouTube and look up poffertjes kram, then you see how quickly they do that. I, of course, only do this once a month here for the Dutch market. All the money that um, we get from the poffertjes is for fundraising for the organization Friendly Support Network. That's a group of uh, volunteers who go and visit Dutch people who are in rest homes or if they are admitted to hospital or they are lonely in the home. The volunteers can go and visit people um, where they are to have a chat in Dutch if that is so. Because as you understand, people who uh, start having some problems with dementia may forget to how to speak English altogether and can only speak Dutch.
So being able to speak in Dutch is really important for some of the Dutch people who came here in the 1950s, who probably did not learn English in school in those days. Uh, I really enjoy doing the uh, Dutch markets uh, because it is my chance to connect with other Dutch people. It's lovely to see uh, the young, uh, young people and children coming with big eyes looking at the poffertjes because that's what they've been waiting for for a whole month. So, um, yeah, I really enjoy doing it and it helps me a little bit more to help uh, the FSN organization to be able to continue with the voluntary work. Now we keep coming back to the poffertures, would you like to describe the process of making them and, and what the actual uh, end result is? Uh-huh. So I have to get up early on the day of the Dutch market because the ingredients are all natural, the poffertures are made with um, flour, milk, eggs, a little bit of vanilla and yeast. So uh, no self-raising flour in this recipe, only the original and it gives the best uh, texture. But of course the yeast has to um, raise, rise, process for a little while. So that's why I have to get up early on the Saturday morning to make sure that the mixture is ready to be cooked at 10 o'clock when the first people start lining up. Um, some people say other like pikelets, mm, not really. So the poffertjes are always eaten hot with butter and icing sugar and sometimes uh, we might put a dollop of um, chocolate syrup or um, other toppings on there. But the traditional way of eating them is hot straight out of the pan with butter and sugar. And uh, generally they are quite small so you would have much more than one, wouldn't you? Oh, yes. Uh, there's uh, ten little um, pancakes in one portion. And interestingly, again, uh, when people come to the market first and they look, oh, what is it? Uh, yes, we'll have one portion, thank you, between the three of us. And I know they will be back half an hour later to get another two portions. And that was happening again a couple of times today where people come back for more. I'm also the uh, president of the, the current president of the Netherlands Society here in the Waikato. There are societies right throughout New Zealand, and Waikato is one of the bigger ones. Since in the 1950s, uh, a lot of people came out over from the Netherlands to help populate uh, New Zealand, and um, quite a few of those families had. Um, quite a few children so and their children having children again so there is quite a big population Dutch population in the Waikato uh, very much from a farming background so we had uh, are a couple of clubs that are affiliated with the uh, Netherlands society for instance we have a kinder club where uh, children are encouraged encouraged to uh, learn Dutch and speak Dutch and where they uh, learn a bit learn a bit about uh, the Dutch culture also that happens once a month uh, we have uh, gatherings from time to time of course the Dutch market is a, is a big one of that uh, apart from that we have a Nazi lunch at least once a year and one of the big events that we're organizing right now is the uh, liber- is celebrating the liberation of the Netherlands in 1945 
sorry, last year that would have been 75 years liberation, which was uh, going to be cele- celebrated uh, hugely in the Netherlands. You could see all the uh, work that people had put in. And then, of course, COVID came, so that put it all to a standstill. So in the Netherlands, COVID is still very much present and uh, big events aren't allowed to happen. But since we are in New Zealand and we've got COVID very well under control, uh, our society decided that, hang on, we are going to celebrate a 75 years liberation plus one year uh, here in um, in the Waikato. So the... Um, the exhibition will be taking place in the New Zealand and in, in the um, Netherville Retirement Village Hall in um, in Hamilton and for Admiral Crescent. Uh, there will be lots of things to see and do. There will be lots of photos on display, original photos from the liberation. Uh, there will be video clips. Uh, there will be some interactive stuff. For instance, uh, Dutch people were not allowed to have any radios during World War Two because the uh, German invaders tried to uh, reduce the amount of resistance that the Dutch people had against their occupation. So, but of course Dutch people being Dutch they were very crafty they would make their own radio or um, have one that but of course it needed to be hidden in very clever places because if a radio was found then that would have have repercussions for the whole family so it was quite a sport especially for the young people to find places to hide their radio so one of the interactive things that we will have as the exhibition is come and find a hidden radios. Uh, You will also get a chance to try out some Morse code. Uh, There will also be a section on things that we really, really want to remember, uh, and that's the the persecution of the Jewish people, particularly in in Amsterdam, and there will be one specific video for you to come and watch. Um, There's lots of of memoirs to read in both English and Dutch. There are lots of books to have a uh, look through. We have great support from the Taifari Military Museum, who are so kind to loan us uh, some of their exhibits and um, we also have support from the Hamilton uh, Military Vehicle Club who will come and support us with a um, with a bit of a parade on the Saturday morning through Netherville Village so that, that, that is quite worthwhile to come and see as well. You can come two or three times, as many as times as you like. We will have some lunch available and coffee of course since it is a Dutch event and we also work together with the Federation of Netherlands Societies and the Dutch Embassy because this time is the first time in New Zealand that we're having a Dutch week. So um, where we highlight uh, the importance of riding bicycles, the environment, being orange, the Dutch language, the Dutch culture, and the contribution that Dutch people have made to New Zealand society. So um, tell us the significance of being orange, which we just mentioned. Ah, orange, orange, yeah. As I said, Dutch people are extremely crafty. So the, uh, the, the official name of the royal family has also in it that they are of the House of Orange. So 
um, people who were growing carrots in the Netherlands managed to get the old varieties of turnips and purple and white carrots into orange carrots. And you guess what? The whole world is now eating orange carrots. And uh, if there are any significant uh, celebrations in the Netherlands, like, uh, for instance, uh, if the National Soccer Club is playing, everyone wears orange. This week is also on the 27th of April is uh, King's birthday, uh, King Willem-Alexander. Uh, I think he's about 55 this year. I've lost count. So usually the whole country during King's Day or what it used to be before Queen's birthday, uh, the whole country would be uh, covered in orange. And the really neat thing in the Netherlands is that the royal family are very much part of society. And on King's Day, they go out in the country and meet people, do all sorts of of, uh, old-fashioned games and uh, the whole extended uh, royal family goes into the country. Of course, last year was the first time that couldn't happen because of COVID, and they're very, very disappointed that this is the second year in a row that they cannot go into the country and and meet people there. So we'll keep fingers crossed that next year things are under control and people can go back to really celebrating King's Day. Um, So when the... Um, exhibition opens on the 27th exhibition about the liberation of the Netherlands is also King's birthday so we will have a very traditional food depending on how many people come because it will be first come first serve but any Dutch people knows the um, the pastry of Tompus which is a very 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 yummy slightly different uh, custard square but of course this one has got orange on top for the icing to celebrate uh, King's birthday Netherville is a really interesting phenomenon as well that people may not know about in Hamilton it's, it's quite unassuming and just quietly located in the north of Hamilton but would you like to explain a bit about how that came to be? So in the, in the 1980s, when uh, people who arrived in, in New Zealand in the 1950s are starting to age, and they felt it would be nice to uh, spend their, their golden years uh, in an area where they can speak Dutch, can do Dutch things, so they decided to uh, build a retirement village. So, and that's why it's called Netherville, Netherlands, Netherville. And uh, it is quite different from most other retirement villages is that it is a trust rather than a a money-making operation for shareholders. So originally there were mainly Dutch people there. One of my uncles was the very, very first inhabitant there. My parents lived there uh, until my father passed away. And... um, at the moment, it's about half New Zealand people have Dutch people, but it still has got a Dutch flavour to it. Uh, the Dutch flag hangs, uh, hangs out every day. But of course, uh, being in New Zealand, they also celebrate um, or commemorate uh, Anzac Day. So um, we also know that uh, 266 New Zealand soldiers lost their lives during World War II in the Netherlands and are entombed in Dutch um, cemeteries. Um, so the, the, the history goes back quite a bit. 
um, we also know that, or you may remember, that it was actually Abel Tasman who, who first put New Zealand on the map, the first European to put New Zealand on the map. And that's a whole story by itself as well, where the name New Zealand came from, because it did not come from Abel Tasman, like some people think. Interesting. Can we go into that? Aha, okay. So, yes, I, I read it in the newspaper that Abel Tasman, there was a discussion about whether it should be New Zealand or Aotearoa, and someone said, oh, well, this person in the 16th century named it New Zealand, and I think, no, 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 it wasn't. Abel Tasman actually named it Statenland. Uh, so he was looking for a shortcut to uh, the countries where the Dutch had trade, like Indonesia and China. And uh, he got a little bit lost and ended up in New Zealand and um, ended up in, in what is now called Golden Bay, but used to be called uh, Murderous Bay because uh, the local people there uh, came to uh, have a look at this big boat. It's a big boat that they'd never seen before. And uh, the Dutch uh, shipmates blew their horn and uh, people Māori thought that that was an attack. So they attacked the, the small boat that had been put out to go and talk with the people there. So Abel Tasman loaded all the survivors back onto the ship and disappeared very, very fast. So first it was called Statenland in, in, in honour of the uh, Dutch Senate. That was already a democracy at that time. And um, it was one of the cartographers in the Netherlands who decided to change the name Statenland to um, the Latin term for New Zealand. So that's where the name comes from, not Abel Tasman. Is there anything else you'd like to add on things that are coming up um, with the Netherlands Society and the Waikato um, in the coming months? So the, the big one, of course, is the, um, the exhibition. But in October, um, we will organise a Eurofest. So for several years, the Tulip Festival had organised a festival at the Hamilton Gardens, which was very, very successful. But since all um, our performing groups don't exist anymore because people are just getting too old and young people don't want to do clog dancing anymore. So, um, but people really enjoyed getting together and eating the food and watching performances from whatever groups they were. So we've organised to change from a tulip fest to a Euro fest. So uh, there's already lots of different festivals in the Waikato, but is the European uh, groups are quite often unseen and unheard of, and we want to change that and celebrate the European cultures in the Waikato. So that will be on Saturday the 9th of October at the Hamilton Gardens Pavilion. So I look at advertising for that. Thanks to Hoop Verstegen, Wies Vandenberg and the Netherlands Society for being the subjects of this episode of WTS Waikato. You can like the show on Facebook, follow it on Twitter and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Reliance, and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. Do you know of a quirky person, group, or interest which you think would be worth covering on WTS Waikato? For that matter, are you passionate about anything in particular in the Waikato? Then contact me, Gary Farrow, on technician at freefm.org.nz or send me a message on the WTS Waikato Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh.
Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.